Hey everyone. So one of the things that is made clear to me is that when you, in all this traumatic state, it's almost like you accept being thirsty. You've accepted your whole life just being thirsty. That's just the way it is, right? And you can't see any, you can't see that you're thirsty. You can't see it because you're sort of, you're imprisoned, right? in a way within yourself and then someone you go somewhere and somebody hands you a jar of of water and it's like oh my god here it is I'm whole this is what I've been searching for my whole life and the universe (laughs) will send you and you will attract the things that are going to change you, they're going to heal you. And for me, that incredible jar of water came as this magnificent surprise just recently, where I was with these people and it was pure unconditional love. It was a sense of being around, this is a very odd thing, right? to be around this unbelievably loving, you know, honest, no agenda, just wonderful people. So the commodity in all of this is unconditional love, unadulterated, issuing from the very sort of fountain of someone's heart is their unconditional love. They see you, they respect, they honor, and you you know that. You know water, but you've accepted being thirsty. You know it somewhere within you, but the situation has built you in a place where like, okay, you're going to just be thirsty all your life and that's it. So, and you know, when these moments show up, they're extraordinarily wonderful and extraordinarily uncomfortable because in them you recognize your lack, the lack in your life of what is really the golden ticket, right? The ultimate commodity is not gold, it's love. As you get older, and you know, you recognize that at some point you're closer to the next transformation, and no shade on that, it's, I don't have a problem with that. It's just because, you know, when you're in ceremonies, you know you're just one transformation into another. But there's this recognition that The commodity is love. And the commodity is that jar of water. And that is effortless. The thing about love is it's effortless. There's no agenda. You're not in a networking meeting. Somebody doesn't want something. There's no fixing. There's no anything. There's just that.
you're both, or with me, it's a lot of people. There's safety, there's honesty, there's caring, there's respect, there's value. This is very uncomfortable for a person that's very thirsty because it feels so good. And it feels so non-existent everywhere else you look in your life. And these are very powerful wake-up calls. I mean, it kept me up all night because I recognize I'm over here chasing all this stuff over there. But actually, the only thing that really matters is this, this, this water here. Because everything comes from there, right? Everything issues. All your passion, your work, your relationships, everything issues from this sense of connectedness. And in trauma, you are extraordinarily disconnected, right? There's no showing up for this little thing. There's just wipeout. So the great thing about the medicine is that it forces you, much as you're going to dislike every second of it, to really open up, right? She's going to lay you out on the lab of the universe and put, you know, literally pull you apart like a rat in a lab. And you're going to not like it one bit because you're going to be fully exposed. And in trauma, you don't want any exposure. Everything is a cover-up. Everything is an adjustment. Everything is how am I going to rearrange this over here so that it works. It's all wrong, but I need to make that work. And of course, the ultimate, you know, the ultimate sort of dagger is then you take it upon yourself. Oh, there's something wrong with me that I cannot accommodate. It's my responsibility to accommodate shit and make shit work. And so there's always, first of all, there's always work to be done because you're always negotiating everybody. It's almost like transposing music, you know, from one octave to another. You have to change the whole tone to survive, to accommodate, but you're disconnected. Because in the end, what connects you is that honest, unconditional love, which is the seeing of you, the acceptance of you, and the acceptance of the other in all, in all of the array of colors that the other person arrives at, right? You don't care what color they are, what they think. Who, that love is just there. It's very rare. That's what's so fucking weird, right? And in this, again, in this sort of taking you apart in the lab, the medicine is going to go through your layers and layers and layers and layers of you and, and expose you in every single way. Now, for most of our life, because of our trauma, if you're, you know, if you're living in that separate, disconnected place where 
who you are isn't important. What's important is what you become, right? What's the, your face value to the world? When you're, the, the medicine is, is basically saying what you're manifesting is what's happening within you, right? You are actually manifesting your limitations. You're manifesting the person you inhaled within you. You're manifesting. So <clears throat> you're creating your universe. Right? In a scenario where you don't negotiate and you don't you have to, you know, transpose music all day, every day, you're either shouting at the person or trying to smother them in that way or 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 doing the work within you to change them right to make them work so it's either you're out there challenging who they are and by the way everybody has a right to be whoever the fuck they want to be no one has a right to right um unless of course it's you know they're hurting you etc but or in your head you're renegotiating who they are so my particular um, response was renegotiate them. You know, they're not really horrible. You know, there must be some reason for their horridness. Um, and, you know, let me put up with that. I need to accommodate and put up with that. Now, in a, when you're connected to yourself, you're like, oh, well, they're horrible right? They have a right to be horrible. I have no right to change that if they want to be horrible. But I don't need to be around horrible. That's all, right? You move away from it. It doesn't become part of your <clears throat> your world or your structure. And that might seem like, oh, well, that's just pretty straightforward. In trauma and in this blindness of having to survive and accommodating there is no, and again, these are very early learnings. This is why this is all the dissolution later on with the medicine. There is no choice. You have to, you have few strategies. A child can have a tantrum. Nothing's going to happen, right? It's the same way you scream and yell at someone. They're not going to change, right? Um, or the strategy is, all right, I don't, what am I going to do here? I'm just going to have to reinvent these conditions. At the end of the day, you don't want to be doing either of them. You don't want to be either screaming at someone, right? Because, first of all, if they're there, you've kind of brought them into your life, right? Um, nor do I want to be accommodating them <coughs> by reinventing them. You know, first of all, <laughs> if you live in this very sort of unconditional world of love, you won't be attracting that. And if it comes in, you'll see it and it won't, it won't be a mate. It'll be a nuisance, like a buzzing bee versus a, a big deal, right? The effect of it on you. And all these effects come again from these early childhood traumas, right? So you can't decide, you're not choosing there is no choice. And so what you recognize early on is there is no choice. 
I need to deal with this in this very restricted way, which is, you know, and I've seen a lot of people like this, just they yell and they scream and really neurotic, right? But they're expressing their limitations. In other words, if I have to, and I'm talking about, not, I'm not talking about sort of in a, a normal or whatever, but if I'm yelling and screaming, it's because I've reached my limitations, right? I don't know what else to do. Screaming and yelling doesn't really change anything, right? This, the person remains the same, and the same way that renegotiating them in your, in your universe, in your brain, also keeps you stuck. I'm just, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not changing me. I'm stuck and I'm expressing the fact that I'm stuck, right? My stuckness is, I can't do anything. I have to make them look, you know, they have to make a story around them so they, they're nice. Or I'm screaming and yelling because I'm stuck, which is why people usually scream and yell. Um, in the end, we're manifesting our lessons, right? If we think that's just like, that's how we have to be, right? It's like, you, you, again, you, you're thirsty. You don't know that you're thirsty, that there, there's actually a place that you don't have to be there. You don't have to be manifesting the same conditions. You don't have to manifest your limitations. Because in trauma, you're manifesting your limitations over and over because you're stuck. If you're frozen in fear, well, then you don't have a choice. And if you're frozen from very early on, you think, well, these are my options. I either agree and make them work or I'm finding the same people that are part of my own trauma and I'm screaming and yelling at them same thing just you know less work when you're not screaming it's not the other that's the problem it's that you're attracting and manifesting the other and that you don't have a choice there. This is actually the big thing. You think that you don't have a choice. Well, because your child didn't have a choice, right? And, and you know, it, these are, by the way, all of this is very difficult to expose yourself to because over and over the medicine is dismantling you and dissolving you. And although very painful, when you see all these things, you recognize, well, great, I can see it. I can not do it because I can see it. It's like seeing the demon. Once you've seen the demon, you can't unsee the demon. And it's uncomfortable and painful, etc. But eventually you understand that you're free. You don't recognize that you're free when you're stuck in these places in these traumas. That's why it really is, it, it's almost like, you know, when you see 
earth, which is really stuck together, begin to sort of move and, right? The earth, it's like when you're digging in the garden and you're pulling up the earth. It's really strong and then it breaks you know, into clumps. That's what the medicine is doing in this sort of seeing. So yes, you're thirsty. You've accommodated to the thirst. You've made the thirst work. You've made the thirst right, but you're thirsty. And in the medicine, you can finally say, fuck, I'm thirsty and I don't want to be thirsty. I don't want to be thirsty. I don't have to be thirsty. I don't have to live in this way. There are options. You don't see any options when you're in, you're stuck in trauma. It's like, it's almost like, you know, having this, these beautiful idyllic villages and in the middle of all these villages is this place where there's this huge war going on. But you can't see that there are all these lovely idyllic villages everywhere because you're stuck in that world of war that's this little tiny hamlet in the middle of all these villages where nothing is happening, but they're having a lovely life. Right? You believe that you, you know, that this is it, that these are the conditions, these are, you know, this is what I need to do. You don't realize there are limitations You think that's life. You think that's the way it needs to be. There's no other way. I cannot be anything other than this. So to see that it's, that you can actually have something else, you have to see who you are, right? You can't see who you are if you are in a very traumatized state and you think that that's the world, you know, and, it, and again, you look the, the part, you play the part, etc. That's why the medicine is so powerful, because the medicine will blow you up. And I mean, she'll dynamite her way through you. And you'll give up, you know, you'll surrender. At some point, you'll surrender. <laughs> and then you'll do more surrendering, and then you're like, oh, fuck, now I'm like, you know, there's none of the, you know, like, you're, you're like just it's sort of the foundation of your being. And you start healing when you start allowing yourself to be very, very uncomfortable. And in that discomfort, there's a recognition of, oh, this is coming from me, right? That's really ultimately, if you use the word awakening, it's being present for the truth of you, the truth of the situation, and what your part is in all of it, because you're manifesting it. And again, the medicine sends you your lessons. Every person that shows up in your life is a lesson. When somebody hands you a jar of water, that's a huge lesson. So in my world, nothing mattered other than status and position and money. And it was, I mean, it was all, it didn't get them anywhere, but it was, it was sort of like, that was the only thing that mattered, right? 
to the extent that they would sell their own daughter, right? That that misunderstanding that somehow possessions, appearance, well, because they had no exi- they had no sense of who they were, completely self hating people, self refusing people. So to make up for their lack, and who knows who gave it to them, it doesn't really matter. So their lack was, well, we have to, you know, if we need to exist, we need to become someone. And that becoming someone meant having money. Which, you know, no shade on money, but it's family first and then everything else, right? Um, So that notion that you know, if I materially look in a particular way, then I'm playing for the outside audience, like anyone who gives a shit about whether who, who really, right? But most people are playing to an outside audience, right? I need to show to this, to the world, to a stranger, that I'm someone. That was the main ignition. You know, if I can acquire, if I can, you know, appear as again, to an audience that no one knows or gives a shit about, to the world, then I get to win in some way. And as you're torn open by the medicine and you recognize all these sort of inhaled pieces of crazy, because it, you know, what does it get you? Not much, right? There's this seeing, like you you get beyond your limitations, beyond the limitations that you lived within. And you get that jar of water and you recognize, wow, this, in this moment, in this unconditional sort of spa of love, of people, of where there's no work, unconditional love is effortless. No work required, just show up and enjoy, right? Um, in all of that you get to see again how you're built and how your thirst became a way of life right how your priorities limited you and the priorities coming again out of a world that was created early on So it was in the medicine, when you're actually in those ceremonies, you're going to fully, you're going to relive whatever the the traumas were, the the events, you're going to relive them. For me, in my um, situation, I had a very powerful force of darkness, like very powerful. Um, and these are very, these forces are really the refusal of light and the refusal of light is the refusal of love, right? Because they recognize that in love is all our healing. You know, no one can chase you when you're surrounded by love, right? No one can the protection of love is huge because it's light, right? It's coming from source. So 
when you're in that unconditional space of love, what is outlined later on is the dark, right? Oh, the the accommodation to that darkness is what you bonded with. The acceptance that this was wrong, that love wasn't important, right? That being someone, that monetarily being in a certain position, acquiring an identity to parade in front of strangers sort of gives you a a being or a person or an outline. When in fact, it's a vast, empty, hollow place. So early on, it's interesting, I actually, in my brain, um, was defiant about this. You know, and sort of, I can't remember myself like, Che, let's go fight for the workers. It wasn't that. It was I. It it, it was in in my head. I was fighting against the own, the very regime that I lived in. Right. This is all. Whatever you're manifesting on any level. Is always a manifestation of your own structure, and of your own learning, and how you were built. And again, if you've accepted first you've accepted and accommodated it because of the forces outside of yourself. But when you see a jar of water, you want the jar of water. You, it, it forces you to recognize that you've actually been extraordinarily thirsty. And again, these things come very slowly because perhaps the jar was right in front of you all the time, but you couldn't see it. And I think for me, it was like, because being so dismantled and so willing to, and there's no easy feat, by the way, it's not, no fun, but to be thrown off the pedestal of who you think you are, right? Crashed into this sort of 10,000 pieces and you coming up out of the rubble, it's like, oh, that's what I want over there. Because in this world, it's like, oh, you're only important if you're this or that, or you're jumping up and down and making it, you know, all this money. It's all this like, oh, there's some kind of like, you get a win if you become this thing. And I think about these very big stars who can't stop doing what they're doing because they're addicted now to having the audience and to having the the adulation and so much so that they can't age they have to keep replasticking their face and and you just realize you, you you know you can't be 65 and and be 12 right so that there's in that it's interesting in that um desire to be this sort of shining beacon of whatever There's no, you don't accept the changes that are going to happen. So one of the things about being in the rubble, (laughs) 
I'm being dismantled and it's horrible because it's like, oh my God, you know, I mean, you know, I've been completely like torn down. Is that you're in a state of transformation, right? You're willing to, to reconnect. You're willing to allow the, because I mean, all the world is transformation, right? But in these events, when you're really connect addicted or you're getting all this adulation being this one thing you can never grow old you can never transform because you're only adulated for this one being this one person which is why you see all these people hating getting old right and they're all trying to fix their faces and stay in this one you can't be this one you're not going to stay in this one place I can't be 12 forever I can't be and in fact every transformation is this magnificent reconfiguration of you right especially if you're stuck in trauma where you're stuck in this one sort of prison I mean it's all the same thing it's all you have to accept the transformation at any age of who you're, you're not the same person when you're 20 that you are when you're 60, right? No way. Um, but people don't want to do that. And what that causes is the stuckness, right? And that's the thing about like all these social media. It's like, I'm here as this person now and I'm going to be this forever. I can't tell you how many people post pictures of themselves as, when they're younger as if there's this yearning to be young and not accepting the flow that we're in why am I saying all this but it just it's 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 the same thing in when you're being dismantled you have to accept the dismantling of you you know everything is a transformation by the way and I'm talking about it's very difficult I'm not you know this is no easy place to be in but even in the the difficulty of it, you know, you, you, I understand that the difficulty is actually the place where you grow from, right? Oh, great. I don't have to be thirsty. For, I don't want to be thirsty forever, right? I want to be around jars of water. Thank you very little. That, that, that this unconditional love is a commodity that I can actually work to make that be part more and more part of my life right and that I don't have to when I think back all I think about is I was just fixing right fixing fixing I was born fixing but actually no I don't have to fix that I can actually relax into being in you know around jars of water love in in unconditional places of where there's connection and then I can see and I know that I'm manifesting specific things because that's what I understood to be life there were just endless limitations right you don't have to live in the limitations of where you were cooked you can actually break out dissolve and rebuild in a bigger space and I don't mean bigger in as far as, you know, I get a bigger mansion or, you know, 
I get to look 12. No, a place where you're connected through love, right through this singular effortless place. For me, my life has been, I'm on the run, right, just on the run. You're just, just, you know, if there's one particular theme, you're just doing the theme over and over and over. With me, it was like, I've got to save them. We're all going to die. I'm just, you're just going without thinking. And there's 10,000 demons chasing you. The medicine forces you to turn around and face the demons and then dismantle. And the demons will keep coming. <clears throat> Not as powerfully. Um, until you're fully settled, right? It's like you're fully settled in the earth. You're fully rooted. You fully understand what it is you're doing and who you are. And it's very difficult to see yourself, you know, completely. It's, it's like the blindfolded person who's sort of walking around an elephant. Oh, what's, you don't quite know what it is. You know, you have tons of blind spots because of trauma. You, you can't see what you're doing. Right? There's no clarity because you've never grown. So you have to learn who you truly are, certainly through the medicine, through the love of the medicine. And the love is the exposure of this huge continent of sewer and the unplugging from it, right? The being extricated from it. And then in the being extricated, learning about who you are. I don't know. I've always lived as a thirsty person. Ah, but now there's a jar of water. Oh, okay. Wow, can I be? A, can I get more of that over here? Because that's what's real, right? And by the way, this person over here, you know, you've been accommodating, right? Even though they're whatever, they're a client, you know, they're not nice. Can you see them for just not? being that nicer person and see that there's nothing to do about it it's just the seeing of it in trauma you don't see what's in front of you you can't you're either responding you know with crazy or you're you know quietly reinventing them <clears throat> but you can't see you know can you see that your life is being limited, being li visit, visited, being lived in this very limited realm of your trauma. And when I say a bigger life, I, again, I don't mean, you know, I get a a fifty million dollar house on, in Malibu. It's right here. It's everything is about how much everything is worth monetarily. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about can you sort of live. And, and build a life that's actually connected to your heart. Can you be connected to your heart? 
completely. And that connection to you is the ability to see the truth. Is a child in trauma, you can't see truths. You'll die if you see the truth. I mean, I was fucking in underground pedophile rings with children being abused all around me in cages. I was in a cage, right? You're, you're just, you can't handle that, right? You're gonna black it out. You're gonna have to reinvent the world when you see all that darkness. But you're carrying, whatever those traumas are, you're carrying it within you. So to expel them is to understand that they are limitations, that they must be seen. They must be recognized and seen in the full light, that they're not to be reinvented, changed, or screamed at, right? I get nothing by screaming at a demon. I get nothing by trying to make the demon a flower. What I get out of it is when I see it for what it is. Right? And I want it removed. When you see it, you remove it. It's there to stop you from living the, this wonderfully connected life. It's not about, you know, again, do I get a bigger car? It's, do I get more connection to my heart? And because of that connection, then manifest more of that in my life. All of this is like deflating a balloon that's been taken out of this realm in a way the fuel of that balloon is terror and fear. And when that balloon is then completely deflated, it's just in the everything, right? You're just in this connection to yourself and it's effortless. I would like it to be that there are, my life is a jar of water, that I don't suddenly see it as something that I don't have, right? Wouldn't it be lovely to know that you're in this always in this unconditional love, in this effortless unconditional love all the time. And that because it's within you, you manifest it outside of you. Now, it seems like this is so much work. But again, it's like being stuck inside that frozen ice. The journey back is to dissolve, is to see to walk, go back into the house that you were evicted from and chuck out all the squatters who moved in. To stop and turn around and face whatever it is that's refusing or limiting it. And the universe is very clever because if you're manifesting everything, the, the, the universe is always manifesting your lessons all around you and they get very uncomfortable. When you're feeling uncomfortable is like when things are actually happening, when change is actually happening. How can a jar of water give you a sleepless night? Well, fuck, there's a realization that that's the sort of the, the pot of gold that really matters. 
that all these other things, whilst yes, practical or whatever, is nothing in comparison to that, right? And it seems so far away. If you're in, <clears throat> if you've been in severe trauma, all of these things feel like lifetimes away. Why is it so distant from you? Well, because you've lived in that vault. Thinking, again, it's like there's this huge, raging, violent, bloody war going on in this park and yet there's all this village of homes where everything is lovely and birds are singing and you know it's all lovely you don't recognize it because you've lived in it for so long so that jar of water is foreign to you and you don't recognize how stuck you've been until you fully can drink that water you don't know this is the whole thing is you can't see how you're built you don't know everything that you've had to accommodate and build in order to survive in that place you're it I can't see that you know the mixing, the churning, the, you know, all the things, all the ingredients that put me together. Because I'm already cooked. That's what's so difficult. But in the medicine, when you're uncooked, opened up, and of course you have to let yourself, you have to be willing to go through that. You can actually allow the taking down of it and be in the difficulty of seeing it and know that that difficulty is your healing. And you can finally see, wow, oh, the ultimate commodity is that over there, is that unconditional love, that effortlessness. That non-negotiation, right? The no having to construct anything. That the seeing of the world as it really is. When you can see, because when you're a trauma, you're in terror. You can't make decisions because it's either life or death, right? But when you can see, wow, okay. No, I've spent my, my whole life fixing. I don't want to fix anymore. Or... Wow, this is, this unconditional love is, is really like where I feel at home, right? This is what I like my whole life to be. And wow, well, that person over there is a scumbag. Or no, whatever, right? It's just like, he's not a nice person. And I don't have to cover it up or build anything for it or pretend it into anything other than what it is. It's that seeing 
that allows you to heal. And yeah, you're going to find nice people and horrible people, whatever. But the fact is, it's not that, again, you're not changing anyone. I'm not here to change anyone. I'm manifesting everything, right? But I can decide now, finally, in this clarity of having been dismantled, that I don't have to be around that. In the same way for me that I was extricated from this family setting that was just awful, beyond horrific, right? Once you've gone through all the rage that you can say, oh, all right, I am so extricated that I can see them for who they are. I don't have to, yeah, there was never a mother. Yeah, there was never this, that, the other, but I can still see them as separate to me, right? This is when you're completely dissolving, when you're no longer connected energetically, when you can see everything for what it is and understand that you can live something else, that you don't, you're actually out, you have the ability, although this is the thing is that as a child in trauma, you don't think you can. You think this is it. You think you're built for this. This is all you can manifest, is this prison. And in this dismantling, it's like, wow, I can see everything for what it is. And I don't have to live it. I can manifest something else. That's, what the, that's the power you're given back. The power is, I've seen the demon, I see all the limitations of this place, I don't have to live in this place. I can actually want something else, and not want it from a prison, but want it from being outside the prison, and I can manifest that. In It's so interesting because I'm working on this new project, and there's this, oh my God, I gotta get this thing done, right? For who, for what? Like, it's like, again, you're not in a war zone, right? Where, you know, every, if you're not looking for every sec, at every second, that's the thing about when you're in high stress situations is you have to be vigilant all the time of everyone. That's why people who have undergone a lot of stress are extraordinarily sensitive to everything and everyone and every breath that's going on. Because in every breath is their potential death, right? Something horrible might happen. You have to be so vigilant. In effortless, unconditional love, you don't need to be vigilant. There is no threat. There's love, right? I mean, yes, in life you have to protect yourself, but there's not this endless vigilance, which there is when there's enormous stress and threat as a child. So there is enormous discomfort in falling from your pedestal, which was never a pedestal anyway, it was you know your pretend cover-up, um, which you thought was the pedestal. There is discomfort in seeing yourself for who you truly are. 
for seeing the limitations. There's a discomfort for actually seeing people for who they are and what the fuck are they doing in your life, right? And yes, you can move away from them. And yes, they have the right to be who they are, but you don't have to be around them, right? But, and the notion that ultimately you are manifesting, creating your life. And if you don't know who you are, you're going to be angry at what's around you or upset or whatever, or feel stuck. But in fact, you're creating it. You're agreeing to it. If you haven't walked away from something, then you've agreed to it, right? If you're refusing to leave a toxic situation, well, that means you've agreed to it. It's not the fault of the toxic situation. It's the fact that you've agreed to it. You can say no to anything and everything all day, every day, but you don't know that as a child. You don't know that as a, if you're traumatized. You don't know that you can say no, because no as a traumatized child is, I die. I get no one. For me, as I look back, it's just on the run, have to save, we're all going to die. That's it. It's not like, oh, what do I want to do with my life? Wow, what do I think about this? No. It's somewhere in the back of, you know, that coding. No matter what I'm looking at, no matter what I'm doing, is... I bet I'm on the run. And when you, again, when you turn around and you face the demons that chase you or refuse you or limit you is the greatest victory. I mean, it's very early, right? It's, it's, it's not the end, but it's the, the, that place is where you start crumbling. And that's why you have to keep going into these places and keep facing them to keep crumbling, to keep dissolving. And this sort of like blindfolded around the elephant, you know, is it the tail, is it the leg, is it the this? The more you get to see how you respond, the more you get to see wait, what you need to deal with, right? So instead of saying, oh, you know, making it an excuse. It's like, oh no, why, why do I do that, right? Why do I need to, whatever, watch Netflix for three, ep- you know, whatever. Why, why do I need to veg out? Why do I need to disappear? Why do I need to stick that needle in my arm? Why do I need to, you know, snort three lines of Coke, whatever? Whatever it is, why do I go shopping? It doesn't matter. The fact is that why am I disappearing here? Why do I need to disappear? In that disappearance is where your demons live. That's where they still hold you captive. That's where you're still held held prisoner. And I'm saying about doing things that are, you know, that you know, not... Are you watching a show or having a drink? No, I'm talking about, are you doing it for a reason? Do I do this to vet, to, to, to shut something down? There's, that's where your demons live. 
because you're doing it because the demons get very loud there. They want you to be thirsty. You've been thirsty your whole life, right? They don't want change. They don't want you to not accommodate them. But that's what you're doing in this healing place is you're refusing to accommodate them. And that refusing to accommodate them means that you're, gonna, you're in a state of change and transformation. And the difficulties that come up is that, is I'm putting the light on in this room. Oh shit, there's a monster in here or there's some kind of whatever. Oh, I feel uncomfortable. Oh, whatever, right, response. You have to be, it's, it's, it's a fearless honesty of seeing what you are refusing what you are accommodating, why you're so thirsty, and not accepting, I don't want to be thirsty, right? Because you're lost. I mean, when I say lost, in these realms of terror, we're just, we're in the dark about who we are, where that terror is coming from, especially if it happened early on. So it's, it's, it's awakening everything. It's putting the light on everything, which feels like, oh, is this like OCD? No, it's like you want to see all of your continent. You don't want any piece of that unexposed. You want the light on everything so that you can see the full extent of who you are. And in that seeing, know what you want, right? <clears throat> I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to do this, do that. When you're fully exposed by the medicine, because the medicine, if you're, if you're in this big traumatized state and really stuck, there's not much that's going to get in there. The medicine will get in there into every piece of you. That's why it's so difficult and uncomfortable. And all these truths that you've hidden from yourself. But that's the process of regrowth, right? Rebirth. Is removing all the squatters, removing all of these limitations. No, I want to live, you know, not thirsty. And that's not bad right because in my world it was like what you want love that well love is weak what are you talking about love is weak forget about that right so you yourself say forget about that because they said forget about that right? and these are deep codes <clears throat> that are very it's like taking this very deeply rooted thing out of your system <coughs> Like this very deeply rooted tree that's like really deep in your system. You're just, you're ripping it up and out. You're dislodging it. So be grateful for the difficulty. Be grateful for the honesty. Be grateful from the, for the fall. 
because the medicine is doing you an incredible favor. <laughs> you won't know it when it's happening, but one day you will. Bye.